and welcome back. It's been a while, but... It's been so long! I know, but this is the Feedback Force Podcast. I'm Kelso. I'm Kyla. I'm Carl. And I'm Chris, but I don't have a K in my name. That's true, you don't. We can pretend. No, we can't. Let's not. We missed you all. I know. Oh, man. Yeah. I didn't miss you. Oh, oh, oh there goes. There the goes. The K's missed you all. There <laughs> goes the listener base down the toilet. Yeah, well, mm. you all listeners can be very happy that the KKK missed you. <laughs> That's one way of phrasing it. Yep, that is one way of phrasing it, and it has been phrased. In before that gets taken out of context real hard. Oh, that's fine. It's Always good the that place. they missed you, because if they hit you, that would have been awful. R-har. All right. Chuckle. Oh, yeah, it was so... almost worse than DDD. Yeah, so... <laughs> Thanerod is still <laughs> upset by the fact that oh. uh, King, the Kingdom Hearts game that came out on the 3DS had... Uh, the initials DDD. Dream drop. Yeah, like, yeah dream drop distance. Dream because... drop damn. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. What does it dream actually, drop distance even does, mean? It makes sense in the context of the game because those are all mechanics in the game. Okay, hang on. I feel like none of the none of the names make that much sense. Like birth by sleep and 358 over two days and like, man. Right, I, mean, I don't disagree. I love that name. However... Love that name. <laughs> However, I just want to say that without the context of the game, the title Dream Drop Distance makes no sense whatsoever. And even if it makes sense within the context of the game and they made mechanics named after it, that means they sat down in a big conference room and said literally... We need to make a game with the the acronym DDD. What do we want to do about it? Like, they should just not have jobs. Well, it's because it was on the 3DS. I know, and that's you why dingler. I... <laughs> that's like that's like how that's like no. how in the N64 era every game had to have the number 64 in it. Well, yeah, and that made sense because they were like it's not on the Super Nintendo, it's on the the 64. It's like the <laughs> brand new version. Whereas this is just like, yeah, we just wanted to name it with 3Ds because we're fucking clever, that's why. I'll be honest. I would have rather it be called, like, Super Kingdom Hearts. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll be honest, I wish more games ascribed to that naming convention. <laughs> uh, for the 3DS, I wish Nintendo had stuck with that. Um, like, I wish... We're, we're just... All of them are just acronym DDD. Like you can't release a game for the 3DS. <laughs> or like in general, like all like all GameCube games had to have the word cube in the title. Like eternal cubeness, cube cube we requiem. Oh lord. <laughs> but then, what would you do about like Harvest Cube? Because you can have like Super Mario 64, but like. What is it? Super Mario Cube? <laughs> Super Mario yes. Sun Cube. Yeah. Cube Mario. Just just Cube Mario. Cuber Mario! Cube Mario! Cube Mario and theme the mechanics that way. Like, yeah, every, yeah. Ma just Mario's like... a cube and all the things he manipulates are cubes. So it's and... Minecraft. It's... No, no, no. It's not Minecraft. It's a sequel to Paper Mario. He's found <sighs> the third dimension. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> man. Brilliant. <laughs> um, I feel like... Oh no! I was I was, 
<laughs> I was thinking that the Paper Mario game for the 3DS had some some strange like handheld name related uh, naming convention, but it doesn't. It's just Sticker Star. Handheld naming convention. <laughs> Paper <laughs> Mario in your hands. I couldn't, I couldn't think of a better way to put it. <laughs> Although, okay. I don't. I've I've never talked about this with anyone, and this is a complete aside. But I love the thing that Sticker Star does. So you have a little album of stickers, and you use them in like your battles and stuff. And some of the stickers are holographic. Amazing little thing that the game does with the holographic stickers. It uses the gyroscope in your 3DS. So if you like move your 3DS, the the holographic stickers like shimmer as you move your 3DS. It's wow. so cool. That's I love it adorable. so much. I, there are oh. so many ridiculous little, like, gimmicks that I've seen done with the 3DS dual cameras. Yeah, like, and I will I will grant that. That's that true. I love. That I kind of love, and, yeah. like, even though they're super cheesy. It's like... I, um, I give a lot of credit to Nintendo, because genuinely, they have the only consoles that are truly unique. Mm-hmm. Like, I can have just a gaming PC, and I don't... Like, I haven't turned on my PS4, and I don't even know how long. Like, you don't really need, if you have a gaming PC, you don't really need the modern consoles unless you really fall in love with their exclusives, of which there are only a few nowadays. Um, Whereas Nintendo, like, if you want those games, anything like those games, you have to have a Nintendo console. Like, there's no way around that. It it sort of makes me wonder if, like, how in the future they're going to continue to use the integrated motion control in the um, DualShock 4 controllers. Because I know know that's um, a mechanic that's used in Until Dawn, Mm. where, like, if you're... There's, like, moments where, you know, something is trying to detect your presence or you're trying to hold still so something doesn't see you, and you have to hold the controller perfectly still, like, within a certain margin. And if you get out, then it breaks, like, it screws up your prompt and and you probably die or something i don't know that's kind of neat i i can appreciate that to some degree like I, right. I would be interested to see how that's uh further integrated because i know with like the the dualshock 3 the six axis like <laughs> i i saw it used in one game and that was like gta 4 to reload guns and i never used it so <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. but yeah i could get behind that that's fair yeah. But so far, hasn't really been used. And uh, so far, if you want anything Nintendo-related, you must have a full-fledged Nintendo console. So I can I can give them yeah. credit for that. Their business model is working out somewhat. Well, yeah, the distinction is between, like... So if you have, like, these... You know, you have these sort of cool, unique affordances of these systems, and then all the stuff that Nintendo themselves make for it tend to feel, like, super gimmicky... Um, like the, you know, the shiny stickers with the 3DS yeah. camera. Like, it's it's cute, but is it really, like, does it really feel that core or interesting? And I find that, well, like, the, the success is all in whether or not you can get third-party developers to actually use your new... Like, it's cool to show us all of what it can do with these gimmicks, but, like, you need somebody to really, like, take the reins and make something interesting using it yeah that's definitely i agree to an extent yeah the thing with the stickers is just indicative of um the level of polish that i think nintendo puts on their games because like nobody ever mentions it it's not like part of the game it's just a neat little thing that makes it that much more polished and that's the word i used in a hating on that game hmm people are too busy hating 
for it. Yeah, that's to be an issue. it wasn't. It wasn't the best Paper Mario, but it. I didn't. I didn't hate it. I don't know. My uh, my thing with the Nintendo games, or rather their consoles, is you know yes I agree that they would be more successful if they could get third developer or third party developers on board, but realistically, the there's always going to be a market for a Mario Party game. There's always going to be a market for a Mario Kart. There's always going to like everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people will buy any Zelda related game that comes out. Period. Like, there is enough Nintendo first-party content that actually makes a Nintendo console worth it in a lot of ways, or at least for a mm-hmm. lot of people, yeah. in a way that, so far, for myself anyway, or, or in my opinion, for somebody with a decent gaming PC, even like the Xbox One and the PlayStation 3 have not really proven as useful. Yeah, but that's not because they couldn't, like... It's not that you couldn't run a Mario game or a Zelda game right. on the it's PC. It's just that they it's, have... It, they're just exclusives for that. Right. Particular. And that, Well, that's kind of my point, is that the the fact that their first-party content is that strong, mm-hmm. it really works in their favor. Yeah, I think that's true. Although there is the... Um, which I think is probably sort of a mistake on their part, but, like, Brawl is on the DS, not Brawl. Um, what's the... What's the Wii Monster U Hunter? Smash? Um... um I don't know. Okay, I think the it's Wii, but I know what you're Wii. talking about. Yeah, yeah. Wii U smashes on the 3DS. Hyrule Warriors is now getting ported to the 3DS. Like, I, I feel like that's maybe not a smart business decision for people like me who don't really care to buy a Wii U. I would if I had a reason to, but they keep putting all of their games that I want on the 3DS. So, <laughs> you so know. I think the the play for Nintendo right now. And this is like super off topic now for what we're yeah. supposed to be talking about, but I think Whatever. that's okay for the first 10 minutes or so. Um, but I think Nintendo's play at this point is to kind of just keep everybody happy right now and then go all in on the next console. Because yeah. there's there's not enough... Like, it's pretty clear that there's not enough of a reason to convince people like you to buy a Wii U. Mm-hmm. So continuing to keep you from playing their latest games just because of that isn't going to endear you to them. Yeah. Whereas if they can keep everybody who has a 3DS and Wii U interested in their franchises and then come out with another console that's a bigger leap forward that they can't just port everything downward, then that'll get everybody on board, hopefully. Yeah, and I think there is already talk of what their next console is going to be. Yeah, it, so- like, it sounds like yeah. they're going to jump ship on the Wii U pretty early, which, right. you know... I, I mean, I was yeah, there really much to the Wii U that was interesting, aside from the fact that it had, like, a a controller with a screen in it? Well, see, that's the thing. I was actually initially pretty stoked about the Wii U, because the Wii U, to me, didn't feel like a continuation of the Wii it felt like a continuation of the DS with the mm. having, you know, the TV screen and then the touchscreen controller. And the right. DS had a lot of really, really great games. Um, it's true. It just, I don't know if it was, you know, the change between a handheld and a home console that it just didn't translate or if they didn't have... There were have, a lot of problems with the yeah, Wii U. Or if they didn't have enough um, faith from, you know, third-party developers. It just didn't pan out that way. Which is there's, disappointing to me. There's but. so much interesting stuff you can do with, like, a 
a unique screen that only one player can see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if, like, any games really took advantage of that much. Yeah, which is weird. Not many did. Because especially, you know, mid... Nintendo first-party stuff, some of it. Yeah, Yeah. and especially, like, mid to late within the life cycle of the DS, um, they took advantage of that a lot. Like, in um, Phantom Hourglass, Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass, there was a puzzle where you had to close your close your DS so that it would stamp an image from the top screen onto your map on the bottom screen so that you would know that that's where you have to go. Like, that's so cool! That is pretty cool. Um, That's still first-party content, but pretty cool. (laughs) So, I don't know, just... And that, obviously, you can't fold your your console together with the Wii U. Your computer. <laughs> like, like, go up to your TV screen and just kind of boop your Wii U controller into it. Like, that's, that doesn't really work, but... Probably could. You I, probably liked, could figure that I liked out. the games that kind of used the bottom screen as or one of the screens as a sort of supplemental information thing mm-hmm. where like this is where all your menus are or all your maps are yeah. or you know so it's like the you know one screen is for playing the other screen is for reference mm-hmm. and that felt very natural which was kind of nice yeah like yeah. that's how um, I totally agree with that that's how the pokemon games do it is all of your menus are accessed from the bottom screen and if you if you go into like your pokédex it opens it up on the top screen but you don't mm-hmm. have to pause your game to go into it or whatever yeah. I think the Wii U was just confusing. Yeah. Not not like as as a unit to use, but I mean when you look at it as somebody who doesn't own a Wii U and isn't that familiar, you're like, okay, so it has the name of uh, a home console and it's supposedly a, a successor to that, but it's a handheld and it does like it just doesn't it doesn't easily market itself to people. Yeah, and, and it, doesn't, with, it doesn't make sense. With on, the on way like it a, was named, uh, I think a lot of people were under the impression that it was a peripheral for the Wii. Yeah, and that so. too. Like it's just, it, it didn't make a lot of sense at a glance, mm-hmm. like all the other co- Nintendo consoles have in the past, and and it's just, yeah. Uh. <laughs> they just, they just kind of. I feel like the, the Wii U pooch. had, the, yeah, exactly. I feel like the Wii U had the potential there for a lot of interesting stuff and to get third-party support on a wider basis, but it just, it confused too many people out of buying it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fair enough. All right, shall we talk about our yeah, our game for the day? Now that we're done with the Nintendo talk, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, we can talk about our game, which was Overlord. Um, I guess I'll do a brief intro on it. Um, Overlord was released in 2007, developed by Triumph Studios, published by Codemasters. Um, it was, I don't know if it was a launch title, but it was an early title for the 360. Um, and in it, you play as a nameless evil overlord, and you have to, um, restore your tower to its former glory, and avenge the death of the previous overlord who died at the hands of uh, seven heroes who now are living throughout the land. Um, I don't know why you care about the death of the previous overlord. As far as I know, you have absolutely no relation to him. But... Yeah, I mean, you you sort of do, and that's sort of the 11th hour I just hour want reveal. to make sure that um, you don't also get killed by those people. Yeah, that's and, true. I mean, the, the former glory of 
your previous overlord was to fill the tower with wenches, and like, who doesn't want to do that? Wenches and cool shit. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> um, I, and... I would restore that glory. Yeah, Absolutely. that's true. Um, there, there is a connection, but it's like sort of an 11th hour reveal, which we can talk about later. Um, main gameplay is sort of RTS-ish in that you have four groups of little imp minions that you control, and each of them have different functions. You start out with brown imps, who are your basic all-purpose combat, melee combat types. Uh, then you unlock red imps, which can put out fires that are in a lot of places blocking your progression and they also have ranged uh, fireball capabilities and they're physically weak. You get green imps which can um, disperse poison that again blocks your uh, progression capabilities and they have some stealth things that I never took advantage of. Uh, and finally <laughs> there are blue imps which are extremely weak, like one shot it all the time. But they're the only ones that can go in water without drowning, and they can also resurrect other imps if they get so, them in time. So each each kind of imp has a unique obstacle that only that imp can traverse. Yep. Yeah, except for the okay. browns. Um, right. Which, well, the browns yeah. push stuff. Can all the other imps push stuff? Yeah, yes. anybody can push okay. and carry. Mm -hmm. They can push and, like, break, you know, smash yeah. through... Uh, barriers and things I and see. lift heavy things mm -hmm. and carry them back yep. to your gotcha. tower yeah might have been nice if the brown imps were the only ones who could do that but that aside yeah, yeah. um so. so it's very pikmin like i think uh i think skug like absolutely nailed it like on the first day we started playing this he's yeah. like is this just evil pikmin <laughs> yes this is evil pikmin <laughs> oh yeah speaking of evil um another like heavily touted at the time of its release sort of feature of the game was that it has a morality system kind of um, where occasionally you're given binary choices um, between evil and really evil <laughs> I was going to say, um, it's, it's mostly between evil and just more evil Yeah, I never but... notice it so Anything I was going to ask that what does it that affect? because I could not tell um, it gives you, well for one it does give you different endings um, usually the choices are between, like, there's there's one point later on in the game where you are in, like, the dwarven sort of kingdom area, and all the elves have been enslaved by the dwarves. And after defeating the boss in that area, you're given the choice between um, picking or, like, carrying back this huge giant sack of loot back to your tower, or between rescuing the um, imprisoned elven women who are the last <laughs> elven women. Last and without them, um, you can only pick one because like the mountain's coming down around you. Um, and if you don't save the elven women, then the elves are just doomed to extinction. That's, that's probably the biggest but one. But if you do save the elven women, do you get elven wenches all over your tower? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. But you get... The gratitude, I guess. Uh, you get yeah, to so feel they, a little they, nice. The first time they introduce Weird. this this mechanic, they say like, if you um, if you do the evilest thing, you will gain more power. But if you um, choose to do the nice thing, you'll earn gratitude from people, and that will come in handy. But right. I never felt more powerful or any results from gratitude. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, a little bit of each. I don't know what the gratitude does. Um, 
but in a lot of situations it seems to be get money or don't and the money does contribute to your power yep. later on because you can use it to upgrade um your weapons and armor and stuff yeah and make your tower more cool looking which is the only thing i really care about yeah there was one time <laughs> when like i accidentally did the like the eviler part when i had intended to do the good part <laughs> and it was like well i'm not i'm not sure what's different about this so I guess I just have more money now? Yeah, I, I think the main thing is that it that it affects the endings, because there are like eight endings to the game, and I've never even beaten it once. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, well, we should probably mention, like, uh, how far we played in it, because I think we all played, like, very different amounts. Uh, I did about uh, seven hours worth, which got me just to the point where I finished retrieving the blue hive and getting like the last style of imps uh but then i didn't i didn't actually go back to the forest and use the blue imps okay um i got to i was in the like dwarven um mountain kingdom which is the let's see one two that would be the fourth boss mm -hmm. so how yeah. many hours did that take you uh i don't know because i have a previous playthrough um on my on my steam account so i don't i don't know where i started and i don't know how long i was playing um and in my previous playthrough i got um only slightly further i got like into the desert which is the next area after the mountains okay so i got my first wench rose yep okay and uh i guess that took like three hours ish maybe you less can... wait you can get her without having gotten the red imps? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I was just... Because I was... Hmm. Yeah, you, you need the red imps to get to her. Maybe not then. I know I was... So there's two, face... there's, two wenches, there's two examples of wenches that come to your tower. There's, like, one quest where you actually find, like, this homemaker lady who thinks your evil is sexy, I guess. And you can bring her back and she'll, like, open up parts of the towers for you. But then there's also a generic side mission where you have to collect ten serving girls who will just spruce up your, your tower a little bit. I think that's the one. Yeah, that I, okay. Yeah, there's, I think that's what I ended up doing. Because I, I do remember the, what's-his-face, the evil advisor mm -hmm. telling me, like, you need, basically, you need women around here. <laughs> and yeah. then going, sending me to go get some. So... <laughs> <laughs> As if I was going to town for shopping. Right. Yeah. Um, there's actually a, a third instance of uh, of wenches. Um, when you are fighting the third boss, uh, William the Black mm -hmm. in High Peak, I think is the name of the city. That um, right. <laughs> you you kill him, and his fiance is like, "Oh hey, you're hot. Dump Rose, and I'll come live with you." So it's basically <laughs> that the the not so evil choice is stick with Rose, and the evil choice is um, trade Rose in for her hotter, more for the hotter promiscuous model? for her hotter, more promiscuous sister. Yes, um, I'd be all in on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's the other thing you can do. I could never do it because Rose is so sassy. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> I went full evil, so I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and you finished it, didn't you, Carl? I finished it, yes. Cool. But I still only got up to like 70% corruption. Oh, hmm. huh. 
Huh. Uh, how many hours did finishing it take? Like 15. Well, that's not too bad. Alright, yeah. So that means, like, I'm conceivably, like, maybe halfway through it. So that's that's not bad. I was worried that it went on, like, a lot longer. <laughs> yeah, I think after after you get all of the minions, it sort of opens up a lot more quickly. Um, and and it kind of makes more sense, too. Yeah. Does it? The rules have been established, and you kind of know what you deal with. Because you're not having to, like, run back and forth and being like, why can't I get to this area that I need to go to, and not knowing that you need more minions, yeah. So that's a thing we can talk about. Um, In the early part of the game, it's really, really unclear what you're supposed to do a lot of the time. Yeah, this game could have benefited hella from a map. Just, like, yeah. a simple mini-map would have made this game so much better. Yeah, I can um, agree with that, I think. But was it difficult to figure out what to do? I mean, maybe maybe I didn't reach the parts that were difficult, or... Yeah, it, it's it's sort of within the forest easier? where it gets confusing, because... Is that just, like, the next place, basically? Yeah. Okay. It, well, first first there's, like, the, uh, the halfling homes. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is, uh... That's the part that I remember well. Because I ended up uh, doing it twice due to like a crash or something. Oh, um, yeah. There's you can that that place is like fine once you get to it because it turns really linear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you have to sort of wander around the over over map until you like find the entrance to the the halfling area, mm. which is a little bit just tedious. Yeah. And then it only gets worse when you get into the forest, and it's like. Yeah. Here's some goals, and you don't know it yet, but you can't actually complete all of them right now. You can complete about half of them, and then you have to leave and come back later. Yeah, I what, see. Ha- what happens yeah. in the forest is, in the forest, like, part of the forest is a swampy area, and in that swampy area you find the green minions, which allow you to get further into the forest. And then mm. further into the forest, you encounter some water. And then you're like, okay, well, I need blue minions. What, uh... Uh, and Where you have to, get yeah, minions? you have to go into <laughs> another like zone entirely to get the blue. Yeah, minions. that you have never I been see. to before. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that de- that definitely um, sounds a bit frustrating. Though. Yeah. So then you have to get the blue min- minions and then go back to the forest, and then after you complete the forest. You go back to where you got the blue minions, and then you sort of continue from there. And from there, it's pretty linear. So I see. Yeah. All right. Yeah, There's I was. One part I've often found myself to the brewery. That's also sort of unclear. Mm. Yeah. I just that that was a huge frustration for me in in basically all of the game that I played was like trying to figure out. It's it's fine once you're in an actual dungeon, and basically there is a single linear path that you follow, and it's like all right, right. I guess I know you know at least where I have to go next. But when there's I could have used just, like, a mini-map that just shows me, like, here are the entrances to other places, and here are, like, health shrines that you can use, or whatever, you know, yeah. summoning points. Right. Just just that I could even use, not even if I have to, like, go use the summon point, but I can think of it as a landmark, where, like, right. oh, yeah, yeah, this is, you know, the part of the town that was by that summon point. Yeah. And a mini-map would have been especially helpful, because I know there's one part very early on in the game where somebody explicitly says, oh yeah, that's east of here, 
without giving you any indication <laughs> of of what of how to orient yourself to like the cardinal directions. No, what direction actually, is like, east? Where's east? Yeah. That <laughs> um, is amazing. Yeah. So I, that sort of makes me wonder, like, would like were they planning on putting in a mini map and they just ran out of time or something? Probably. But. Right, exactly what happened. Because out of time and money. As far as I know, yeah. As far as I know, like the manuals have fully drawn maps, so maybe that's just Mm -hmm. what you're supposed to do is like pull out your manual and use that. But oh boy, I mean, it definitely has some like pays a little bit of homage to old school Dungeon Keeper, just in like tone, Mm -hmm. if not actual gameplay. Um, So like I can see them trying to go for that sort of old school mentality ish but that seems a bit uh excessive maybe yeah, yeah. i don't disagree there were, it was definitely frustrating um there's something else i was gonna say about that related to dungeon keeper i guess but i don't know if i remember what it is so maybe maybe it's about um this is sort of backtracking a little bit to the the wenches um, but I, I did want to talk about kind of what felt awkward to me about the the gender politics in this game, in that it's, I guess they're trying, maybe they're trying to go with a, like, you know, evil people, like, disregard the feelings of women or something. I Like, I don't, I don't exactly know what they're going for, but I don't normally associate, like, the idea of evil and you know, wanton mayhem and so forth with sexuality. So it felt awkward. You don't? No. Oh. I mean, I... I, I, I'm weird. Well, because for me, the fun part of, like, hey, you get to be evil is you get to just, like, break stuff and not care. You know, like, it's it's, (laughs) it's, it's like willy-nilly wanton destruction is what I enjoy (laughs) about the games where you get to be evil. And so then the uh, the thing where it's like, all right, now go and, you know, collect, as you said, like shopping, go collect 10 women uh, <laughs> who like protest being kidnapped for the most part um, and bring them to your tower where they will be exchanged with a more scantily clad, you know, or they will they will switch to a scantily clad uh, model, 3D model. Wow. Um, and it, I don't know, that to me, that felt like this is less evil and more just gummy you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i i don't know see to me that sort of that that doesn't really say a lot to me about like the nature of evil as much as it feels like it's sort of trying to hearken to like old pulp fantasy illustrations where there's always like where there's always a wench and she's always scantily clad yeah or something like that yeah i wouldn't say they play on the trope to create yeah that sort exactly. of feeling. I suppose. I, it every time it every time like something like that came up, it kind of took me out of it a little bit because I'm like, hey, I'm trying to be like a wantonly destructive like evil psychopath here. I, I don't just, want like all these women wandering around my tower. <laughs> like, I just want to point my imps at stuff and watch them explode it. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> yeah. To me, that is the most fun part of the game is, really like, is. the wanton destruction of, like, <laughs> let me just throw, like, 20 imps at this pile of, of like, jars and things <laughs> and watch it all disappear in a cloud of dust. They really nail the sound <laughs> effects on that stuff, too. Just the yeah. sounds of pottery breaking. Oof. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they were... yeah, not bad. <laughs> 
Um, I don't know. That is interesting. Um, I definitely... I, it didn't bother me that that was that was a big deal uh, in the game. In fact, I I kind of expected it from the get go, but I I definitely feel like it's kind of a trope that they're just playing on. However, maybe that trope doesn't exist for everyone. Like I I don't really know. I it's hard almost, to say. If you were just doing it as the trope, I would have almost gone like more full throttle on it in the way that Dungeon Keeper did, where there was, like, literally one of the character... One of the, like, monster types is a dominatrix, basically. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, like, that's the, like, full full tilt, like, evil dungeon sexuality going on that you have. It right. would have been really cool to have a succubus in here somewhere. There is a... There is a... Uh, there is a succubus. Oh, yeah, there are succubuses. Briefly. That's true. Succubi. Yes. That's true. I forgot about or, that. Or wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Let's let's take a step back. Are they succupodes? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> we have to we have to look at the etymology now. <laughs> Succubi, I believe, is the correct plural. Are you um, sure it's not succupodes? Succubus is a Latin word, so ah, it would be yeah. succubi. Well, yeah. that's too bad. Yeah. Um. But yes, so there there is a succubus that you fight very briefly, <laughs> but her, like her sexuality is not is not brought up really. Like their their special power is that they like hypnotize your imps into following them, and then like uh like get one away from the pack, and then like pounce on and destroy it. Yeah, the the only real like reference to sexuality is that I believe when that happens. Your little imp has like hearts floating above its head. Yeah, <laughs> which is uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> which is whatever. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I would. I would much rather have had a uh, like tower mistress companion who was like a succubus monster than like just this random lady from a that I saved from a jail cell. Who mm. we don't even well, like. Why was she even there? Who, who like apparently has a really strong desire towards homemaking, because like <laughs> she she serves as an uh-huh. upgrade for your tower where she's like spruced up your personal quarters and now you can use them. I mean, to be fair, she's got a pretty great sense for it. <laughs> I mean, she's good at it. I'm not arguing that she's not good at it. She's got a pretty to be, great. To be fair, the second mistress is a bit more. Succubus. Yeah. She's ish. She's a she's lot still human technically, isn't she? Yeah, she is. Yeah. She's she a is. lot more evil sexy though. I think she gives you like a torture chamber or something if you uh swap out. Yeah. She does. yeah. So that's uh that's that that's sexy, I guess. <laughs> it just to me to me it felt like an unnecessary addition to this game, but it, it's I, I can understand how it's different for different people. Maybe yeah. some people really enjoy that. Yeah, it would have been um, cool if you, if um, when fighting the succubus, you could have like turned the succubus to your side or something. <laughs> that would have been that would have been interesting. But you fight several. Yeah. There's one that's a boss though, isn't there? Or like a mini well, boss ish. Mini boss sort of. You fight yeah. two of them. Yeah, like. I guess that's true. Hmm. Uh, so I was actually um, move, moving on and going back actually a little bit. Um, regarding the like the fun of the mayhem in the controls, so my my probably biggest beef with this game uh, in ter- in terms of design is that so 
attacking things with a horde was super, super fun and super satisfying. And yet really often, and in fact, all the parts of the games that were like challenges seemed to require you to be really precise and strategic with the minions, which just felt awkward and like difficult. And it didn't really feel like the controls were tight enough to do that very well. And it's just like, no, I don't want to like, you know, take one minion and manipulate it down a path and then bring back other things and then, you know, set a rally point here so that the other things <laughs> run into it. Like, no, I just want to set my horde at a pile of stuff and watch it explode. Or like that stuff with the eggs in the blue, in the, sorry, um, in the moist, moist hollows. Moist hollows, that's it. Oh, pardon me? Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the, blues. the cave where you get the blue minion hive is called the moist hollows. Hollows. And I hate it. I wow. hate that name so much. <laughs> <laughs> irrationally angry it's, about it. It's just so unpleasant to say. But yeah, that was a that was an area where I had to like I game fact at least twice. Cause I'm like, I don't have time to sit here and puzzle out what finicky little control thing the game is expects me to, to think of. Yeah, and so dealing can... dealing with like using the imps to grab the eggs to lure away the birds. Like, that was always a pain in the ass. That that never felt like it worked correctly. And it never goes away. Yeah, oh, no. it, it doesn't. There's. It's basically one you know, one of those gimmicks in every area. Mm-hmm. Jesus. So yeah. so for, for the listeners, the, the mechanic is there's like a central nest full of eggs, and there's a bunch of birds all over the map that are sort of protecting these eggs. And... In the corners of the map, being harassed by these birds are some minions that you need, or you know, in other places, some something you have to get like to. Like a lever something. you have to turn. Yeah, whatever. Or... Um, so what you have to do is you have whatever. to whatever. Yeah, a, a MacGuffin. Yeah. Um, so we, what you have to do is manually send one imp to in well in the first in the case of the first one, you have just discovered blues, so you have a limited number of blues, um, and your other minions, of course, can't go into water but the eggs are the nest is through water so what you have to do is set a rally point on the beach before the water where you like set all your browns and other minion types to like stand there then send one blue to go to the nest grab an egg which is a separate you have to like specifically you can't just put the minion near the nest you have to specifically target an egg with like (laughs) a targeting button and then send a minion over to it and then let it come back uh, towards the beach uh, and drop the egg somewhere that's far enough away so that when it explodes, because the eggs are time bombs for some reason, <laughs> yeah. um, when it explodes, <laughs> it won't hurt your minions that are on the beach. Uh, and then the like birds will come and and like follow the egg and try and get it. And so you basically lure them back to the waiting horde on the beach to get rid of the bird. And it's just so unnecessarily convoluted. Yep. Or similarly, in, in the Moist Hollow, there's another part where you have... There's, like, this long, winding path with intermittent geysers that just sort of spring up intermittently um, along this path. And you have to, like, lead, you know, X amount of imps through there. At least four, I think. Yeah, to get to a lever on the other end. You have to, like, lead them through, but avoid the um, geysers, which will kill them. And it's... um really really not easy to control them because they just kind of want to keep running in whatever direction you nudged them last 
Yeah, and the and the camera doesn't change, so you're sort of controlling them, like the depth of them on a 3D plane by moving them. Like, I, did anybody else play this? Who who played with mouse and keyboard and who played with controller? Because I did mouse and keyboard. I played I also with did mouse, and, mouse keyboard. and keyboard. I actually I I didn't think about trying it with controller. Um, I should have. Maybe controlling the Carl. Did you say you did controller? No, mouse no. and keyboard. None of us did. Okay. So, Whoops. maybe it's easier to control them using a joystick? I mean, it is originally a 360 game, I guess. Um, I believe... Also, you can put out a rally point and move the rally point instead. That is true. Yeah, but even mm. that's, like, I found it difficult to control where the rally point was. Uh, it was released concurrently for 360 and Windows. Okay. PC, so... So they should have better mouse controls than that. Basically. But, but it's like, yeah, you like push the mouse forward to get them to go deeper into the plane. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's just really difficult. The angles are awkward. It's it's hard to be precise. They like, like Kelso said, they tend to keep going in whatever direction they were going last. Uh -huh. And it's, you have to like click once to send one, but then immediately hold down the, the other mouse button to, to get into like the follow mode so it's hard to precisely send the correct number of imps yeah. that you want and control all of them I would usually if I needed to control a group I would usually send all my imps and then switch into control mode and about half of them would be caught in the, <laughs> in the control yeah. and then half of them would just wander back to me yeah or I would, I would just say well you're all getting sacrificed and send all imps of one color <laughs> Which is yeah, usually like I totally did it. yeah, usually like five to ten, depending on where where you're at in the game. Um. Or, or all or all of your blue minions will die, and you have none left. Yeah, and you're fucked. Basically, <laughs> especially especially in that area because there's so much water. Yeah, and uh, that's before you get the hive, so you can't easily resummon them as much. Yeah. So. <laughs> And there's some really just annoying parts where, like, the blues are carrying the hive, and they will go... They're going down the path in front of you, and they will get blocked by... By, like, a, a mushroom on the ground. Yeah, a single mushroom on the ground is blocking their path, but you can't get around them to destroy the mushroom. You have to manually switch into manual control mode for the imps carrying the hive, mm -hmm. move them backwards so that you can then walk in front of them and cut down the mushroom. Yeah, that was that was it's one like, of my gripes. Bad AI. Yeah, that I was one of my that gripes. Issue, actually. Is that the the pathing when when they're when your imps are carrying a large object back to the portal, um, the pathing is like there's there's not pathing. There's just a path, and if there is anything in that path, they stop, and you have to figure out what's stopping them. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Also, also. Uh, similarly related. Well, I actually did really appreciate the combat differences in the imps. Like, I found myself using the ranged attack from the reds a lot and using the backstab that the greens can do mm -hmm. um, fairly often. The The fact that, like, each one has a separate, uh, like, physical barrier in the overworld feels completely arbitrary. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, well, this... I was wondering this... if that would feel good or not. Yeah, uh, no. It's no, like, no. well, this path is you know, is blocked by a blue marker. Yeah. It, well, you know, you like, need the blues. I don't need to get some blues. Yeah, that's... Arbitrarily Actually, I think the blues position. worked kind of well, because you had to be scared of enemies that could be in the water. 
but the other true. ones Actually, were totally the, arbitrary. The blue ones worked the best too because um, you can pass through water for the most part, but your minions can't. Mm -hmm. So that at least felt a little bit different. Like, oh, I have to, you know, have a section of minions that can come and help my other minions get across. But like, uh, fire and swamp are just the exact same thing, but with a different color scheme. Yeah. In like, terms of blockage. That that was probably the only thing that felt useful about that, or that felt good about that, was in the early game, where you're like, well, there's fire here. I have fire imps now. I just got fire imps. I guess that's where I need to go next. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a good objective. <laughs> otherwise, not so useful. It would have been useful maybe if... Um... What if the if the red imps couldn't put out fires, they could just go through fires? So you had to always like manually get the imps to go through and like do something do on the like other a side or something. That, that would yeah. mean more precise control. Stuff. It would mean more precise control, which would be annoying. But at least then fire barriers would feel different from swamp yeah. barriers. It, usually, just getting them to a lever isn't that big of a deal, mm -hmm. unless unless there's you know geysers that you gotta deal with or <laughs> eggs that you gotta deal with yeah. although I think it, it might be pretty rewarding um, it might feel nice to be able to lure you know a bunch of birds into a into a firewall yeah. that would be awesome <laughs> that could be cool <laughs> that would be way better than having to set a rally point yeah so I take know, note I triumph get rally studios points set exactly where I wanted them to I, I'm not quite sure how, what determines it's like I think it's like wherever your cursor is at the moment, but since the cursor is invisible, it's like unclear where that is. Yeah, I'm actually not sure either. Welp. But yeah, the the controls needed in general, I feel like this game had some like really interesting ideas that could have been like really cool and even like really interesting strategic thinking if the game had been just a little more polished. Like, it yeah. needed a little bit better level design and a little bit, you know, like, more thought put into, like, you need mini-maps and you need to more clearly uh, telegraph when something needs to be targeted because I always forgot that that mechanic even existed. Yeah, um, <laughs> definitely. I, like, I got to the yeah. eggs and, I, and I, I ended up having to fack it and I'm like, oh, right, I can target things. Um... And, and, you know, and a little bit more polish on the control scheme so that it controls just a little bit more smoothly or has a little bit more feedback about, like, where your cursor is when you're doing the direct control so you can see, you, like, you where the minions are going to. You might be asking too much. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just <laughs> saying that, like, <laughs> yeah, it's and I can understand why it didn't get polished because it's, like, it's clearly a small-scale game. Yeah. But I'm saying that it, it probably needed a little bit more to be I, really yeah. hit its full potential. Yeah. One control issue I had also that isn't related to the minions, actually, is he's so slow. And this is a <laughs> game that really, really wants you to explore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is true. true. And going back and forth takes so long. Yeah, some kind of, like, fast travel system would be nice. The, you can teleport to, like, a main portal or whatever the most recent portal is that you've uh, been, that you've through, been yeah. to. But why not just make all those summon points a fast travel system? And then if you had a fast travel system with all of the summon points, likely you would have a map associated with it. Yeah. <gasps> Brilliant. 
We just solved the game, guys. Because there were plenty of times where, like, I was in the forest and I would have, and I, you know, got to a checkpoint and I went back to the tower, like, you know, all the way back to the main hub and then re-teleported into the level because I just wanted to get back to the entrance. So if I could have just gone from one teleport point to the other, I could have skipped going back to the tower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, a lot of little fiddly things. Um, so one thing that I really liked, uh, I realized we totally forgot to talk about upgrading as a mechanic. Um, oh, yeah. You, you get, I think after you've gotten the greens, maybe? Maybe it's even after you've gotten the reds. Um, they show you that, like, yeah, because that's when you get the forge. Mm-hmm. Um, they show you how you can go to your tower and, like, set a, like, a new piece of uh, armor or a new weapon to forge, and it costs some amount of money. Um, and then you can sacrifice imps to make it stronger. And I really love the way that... And you can do this at shrines, too, in the game. There's, like, health shrines and magic shrines where you can sacrifice your minions uh, to regain health or mana. Mm-hmm. And I love that minions are, like, the overall currency in the game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's yeah. a great decision because they are... Yeah. They're your workers, but they're also, like, your total value because you need them to do stuff. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and when you upgrade weapons... Um, each minion that you pump into it, each category has a different effect. So, like brown minions on weapons, it increases um, brown. Yeah, it increases like physical damage, or on armor, it um, decreases physical damage. Um, red, I think, gives you magic damage. Green, I don't know. Oh, green. green blue gives magic damage. Oh, I thought I thought blue is magic resistance. I don't remember what red does then. And green was like. Green gives you um, health regen on armor, and I don't remember what on weapons. But they each have like a specific function depending on what you want, what extra benefits you want to get from your armor or your weapon. That's neat. Which is and there's cool. a cute little animation when you set it to forge where they all come yep. and jump into the lava. And they're so <laughs> they're so excited about it too. Like <laughs> like the first time I did it, I was like, oh no, you guys! But then I saw them just like jumping into the forge, having a great time, whooping it up. And uh, I didn't feel bad anymore. <laughs> it's like, all right. I, gotta say, I only did this once to try it. Yeah. And then I never used it. Um, I, so, I used I it after. Oh, yeah. Um, so we talk about the, the four kinds of imps and, and so on. How many imps in total can you have eventually? Um, I don't know what the max is. I know I topped out at 44. Was it 40? That seems like too many. I don't know, Carl. I don't even have 40. I, have I got as 35. high as 20, I think. Maybe 25. Okay. Um, so, the other question that I have is, is it... So, you talk about a lot of the, the control scheme of controlling the imps and making them do everything. But you also talk about how you can upgrade yourself and so on. Is it a viable strategy to like focus on making yourself more powerful and the imps just are like a secondary attraction? Or do you really have to use the imps to accomplish all of your goals? Like I know obviously you need them to get through certain obstacles, but if you want to have a really active role in the fighting and killing everything, is that something that you get to do? Um, I think... I never, I never did that. Yeah. Yeah, I never you found it to be useful. You can have an active role, but yeah, I you can, s- can never be like 
the, the main, yeah. Yeah, it's never as effective okay. as just sending a huge pile of minions at something. And and there okay. are definitely some bosses where you need to be able to manipulate minions, like the um, that the, snake boss the, thing. Yeah, the snake hydra guy in in the uh, moist, moist hollows. hollows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. where you have that, to you have to manually send one like one imp forward to 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 get the snake's attention, so it lunges forward and then its head is vulnerable. Yeah, gotcha. So. Yeah, I, I don't really have a preference either way. I was just curious if that was a, a strategy that they baked in as viable or if it was something that was just like, nope, you shouldn't play that I way. I found that the, the Overlord character seemed to be very much like an emergency backup. Like, if it seemed like yeah. my imps weren't handling it okay, I would, like, wade in and, like, chop something. And just start flinging right. fireballs yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but he loses health pretty dang quick. Yeah, that's that's how I felt. Is I felt kind of weak in the you know bits that I played. I felt like I lost health really quickly, so I wasn't sure if that was something that I should be doing. Like, should I just stay back and maybe let it's my imps do it or to just like grind up? Because you can you can grind for brown imps by like going to the sheep fields and just like slaughtering all the sheep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it might be bo- possible to like just grind up a ton of brown imps and get like max out your armor and stuff like that. Mm. And and you, that way. you do pick up um, health and mana upgrades in the field. Like it's, they're just little things that show up, and you have to send like four minions to pick them up and drag them back to a portal. I um, see. As well as spells and upgrades to. The... So I've got the the first spell you get is like the fireball spell where mm-hmm. you can set wheat fields and stuff on fire and kill people, mm-hmm. um, which was fun. <laughs> uh, because fire spreads and it's it's you know yeah. fun to, it's pyromania. Um, but then I, I like I got like a shield spell or something later, and at that point I could not remember how to switch spells. Um, so like, because <laughs> you only have one spell at a time, right? Yeah. So are there other spells that are useful later in the game? <laughs> That's a good question because I never use spells. <laughs> um, but but there are some that seem like they're useful. Like there's um. There's like a dominate mind sort of spell, and there's the shield spells, and I don't remember what else. Because, the like I said, I, I never used The spell those. I used the most by far. Shield seems like it would probably be the most useful, considering how. Because your minions sort of don't die. Yeah. Oh, does it shield the minions as well? I had assumed it only shielded you. It only shields. Oh, well. I, oh, wait. I think. Oh, yeah, there's a shield that shields you. I was talking about the. Stuff that makes your minions better. Oh yeah, there are like artifacts and stuff that you can find that like improve the skills of your and the the strength of your minions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's an actual spell too. Is there? Okay. Yeah. That seems like that would be useful. But yeah, now that you mention it, I have no idea how to change spells because I just never did, <laughs> and I feel like I feel like I'm not sure if I was ever actually told how to change spells or not, or maybe it's like the egg thing where they I told don't me. Think you are okay? I see. I couldn't remember. <laughs> I, I couldn't remember if that was just like one of those things that they tell you at the very beginning and yeah, then never I again. Like you said that I was so like... much incredulity. You're just like, I don't think they do. Oh, but I was so upset. Because I had to struggle with that. Oh, okay. It's the F case. Oh. <laughs> wow. Wait, so you can switch to multiple uh, spells while in the field? I had assumed you had to, like, go back to the tower. So did I! <laughs> no, you can use all spells. Oh, well, that's lame then. Well, man. Well, actually, no, that's better, but... Um, it's that's lame like... that they didn't tell us. Yeah. I, I think they do mention it 
briefly when you get the first he spell. Must. I think there's Ability like one line. Not. Yeah, they probably are like, oh, here's your fireball spell. By the way, two hours later, when you get another spell, you can use the F keys to change between them. It could yeah. be don't, that ridiculous. Yeah. Don't forget. <laughs> yeah, they should tell you when you get the second spell. Yeah. They really should tell you when you get the second spell. They should just tell you every time you get a new spell. Like, and, just yeah, have a tooltip pop up. You can only, like... Well, there is only, like, four basic spells. And there's, like... Upgrades, I think. A different version of that basic skill. Yeah. So there's, like, three different versions. Hmm. And I, but do you like does the the do the newer ones replace the older ones or do you have to? No, there's there are <laughs> different spells, but they sort of correlate to each other. So, so you, so you really just see... have like one defunct spell and one that's just the better one that you should be using. You can only see four of them on your screen at once. Oh Jesus! Hmm. No, what a what a mystery this game is. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna plumb those secrets. Yeah, I'll tell I you what. I did like I did like the um I thought the different imps were really cute. Like, they are. I like look, I like how ones are kind of adorable. They look like tiny velociraptors. You know, I like how just exuberant they are about smashing pots and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the the like I said, the mayhem part of it is just a joy to do. It really it just is. Feels really satisfying. <laughs> just like furiously spam clicking because <laughs> because there's a bug and I want it to be dead. Hey, don't don't spam click, just hold down the send button. I like spam clicking. <laughs> Makes her feel better. Don't, I got to say when I first started out the game, I pretty much hated every minion besides the brown. Yeah. But you really get get to appreciate them in the later levels where you actually have to use pretty much all of them. Yeah. Nice. Although I I I didn't really use the reds that much if I didn't have to. Um, if you can find a good vantage point at a distance for them to use their ranged attacks, yeah. they can be really effective. It just seemed uh, like they weren't terribly accurate a lot of the time. <laughs> which I guess it depends what you're fighting. Moving targets. Yeah. yeah, which is sort of the big drawback, apart from their sort of physical vulnerability. But I mean when. In spe like specific situations where it's like obviously I need need to use reds here, you know of course. It was good that they let you have a specific functionality for ch choosing a subgroup by color. Mm -hmm. So like the the four colors of imps are automatically tied to keys one two three and four, and to your mouse wheel um, to scroll through them. Mm -hmm. Which is if you're using them in combat, you kind of have to have. Yeah. Because you're like, I okay, I need to get the greens while this, you know, boss's back is to me, so I can send them to do their backstab attack. Yeah, or and I need to not send blues <laughs> yeah. out to fight this boss, because then they will get one shot. Yep. I didn't. I. How did you guys feel about the uh, the like little tutorial narrator guy, the like voice? Oh, um... kept coming in. <laughs> I believe he has a name, and I want to say it's, like, Gnarl or something. He's the guy that wakes you up, yeah. basically. Um, 
He's like the little the little goblin priest dude of the minions. <laughs> It's who funny. stays back at the who stays back at the tower and just offers you advice. Yeah, like it's funny because not only does he come in and do a voice and like occasionally flavor text, but sometimes Rose also comes in and gives you like some random flavor flavor very dialogue. Ran- very rarely and in totally random situations. Yeah, like there's one part where you're in the forest and there's those elf ghosts and they're like wailing and depressed, like oh the goddess has forsaken us and Rose. Just- <laughs> Yeah. Do you want they me to do that again? Like that. <laughs> the goddess has forsaken us. They have such over-the-top voice acting. It's so ridiculous. It's great. And like out of nowhere, Rose just comes in and she's like, she's oh, "Pull yourself together, man!" Like, like what? <laughs> why? What in the actual fuck? That's why I like yeah. Rose because she's sassy. No. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'd like I don't know. He's he's fails to tell me some really important things that I need to know at some times, like, you know, that I'm, the fact that I can switch between different spells. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, I just, I found his voice a little bit grating, so I didn't always like him, but I yeah. do appreciate the, like, having a constant tutorial voice there to, you know, in case you need to convey important information. And I think they tried to keep him from being, like, too much of a tutorial voice because they I feel like they tended to keep his hints pretty subtle. Like, yeah. you know, when, when you needed to go find the blues, you found this, like, <clears throat> body of water that you had to cross. And he said, like, oh, you'll need someone or you'll need something that can get you across the water. And that sort of indicates, okay, well, I need well, to go yeah, find the Well, yeah, and then the one of apes. your other little minions says, blues slim, swim like fishes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's cute. It's like, well, I guess I need blues. Yeah. Well, at least yeah. they gave you that information. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting how well they give you that inter- information, but how badly <laughs> like, they, yeah, they say they, where they are. They tell you exactly yeah. what you need, but give you no clue on how to get them. How they're there, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, they, give, they give you, like, half of the puzzle pieces. And then they're like, "Welp, wander around until you find like something else." I would, I feel like I wouldn't, I would feel better about the random wandering around if there was more stuff to find in the world. But like, all the like cool power ups are pretty much, or I don't know, maybe I just didn't find them, but seemed <laughs> like they're kind of along the main paths. So like you would run into them anyway. So I didn't feel like I should explore to find hidden treasures. I felt like yeah. I was forced to explore to find out, figure out what the fuck I was supposed to be doing next. Yeah, I think I think most of the stuff that's out of the way is going to be stuff like um, imp capacity upgrades, health and mana upgrades, and like gold. But were like, those, he, like were those were there hidden ones of those? Because all the ones of those that I thought were pretty much in the linear dungeons. So kind of hinder ones. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, Maybe not like hidden, didn't look but just sort of out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Was there something I was gonna say about uh, something else about like the sweeping control? I think. Oh, did you guys ever feel? So I had a, an experience quite often where I felt like the game really wanted me to do something smart and strategic, and then I got <laughs> past it by just. Send it by just brute, brute forcing, forcing it, it by just all, the time. all the time. All the time. <laughs> I guess I'm not smart enough for this game, but I am strong enough for it. I don't. I don't know how to yeah, feel about that because, like, I feel. I felt. I always felt guilty doing that because I felt like I was somehow 
breaking the game. Like I, I had failed to do the thing that the game wanted me to be like clever enough to figure out, and I just sort of explo- somehow exploited the system to get around it. Yeah, but I also am thankful that they sort of that they allowed that to be a solution, um, therefore bypassing the fiddliness of the controls. Yeah, I think yeah, they I mean, to send a bunch of minions that stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Plus, you're you're just a big evil dumb overlord. Like all you should have to do is throw your brute force at things to solve them. I mean, I yeah, we we were dead, you know, earlier today. What what kind of problem solving capacity do you really think we're gonna have? <laughs> like, I've been I've been in a sarcophagus. My brain is probably liquid. Yeah, literally, so... literally, I just woke up from the grave. Yeah, I have not had my coffee yet, <laughs> and you expect me to go do all of these chores? Thanks. Yeah, that's true. Um, there was one in particular where there's like a. A guy who's playing a fiddle oh, that one. Uh, in front of the uh, in front of the halfling houses, and all your minions suddenly start dancing, and the halflings <laughs> can just uh, pick them off at their leisure because like the minions are hypnotized. Yeah, and was, the, yeah. the tutorial the tutorial guy says something about like, um, oh, you'll have to you know stop that music because the uh, you know it's so catchy. I can't stop myself from dancing or whatever. Um, and what I did was. Waited till all my minions died, ineffectually throwing fireballs at the fiddler, um, and then left and came back with a new set of minions, and they just weren't hypnotized. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, that's that's the that's part amazing. that I had to fact. Um, and as far as I can tell, that's just the solution. And I, I, I feel like that's broken. Like I feel like you yeah. should be able that's to fireball the guy. But... You should be able to fireball the guy, or at the very least, the solution to the puzzle should not be try the thing that didn't work again, and it works this time for no apparent reason. Yeah, yeah that's really weird. And and that's what makes me say, like, that must be broken? Yeah. Because, like, the guy isn't protected. He's standing on a fucking table. You can easily <laughs> reach him with your axe or with a fireball, but he's just inexplicably invulnerable. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. really awful. I don't feel like that makes any sense at all. Yeah, no, that part was pretty terrible. Yeah. So also the eleventh hour reveal. Oh yeah. Do you want yeah, to... you should talk about that because you're the only one who got that far. Yeah, I, I've so, read about it, but that's about it. The last quest in the game. Mm-hmm. Take well, it starts off with you going to the tower. And in the tower, you get hailed as the overlord, because you sort of finished the game. And then a wizard shows up and tells me he's the real overlord. Okay. Yeah. So you have to fight the wizard. You do. Th- and that's that's the end of the game? Oh. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, I had to read about this, so, uh, where, where is it? So, okay. I'm just reading this straight from the wiki. Back at the tower, the minions submit to the previous overlord who has secretly possessed the wizard. The wizard was one of the seven heroes that they're your bosses in the game. Mm. um, Who coincidentally represent the seven deadly sins. Just as an aside. Um, Wait. Oh, you mean bosses as in bosses that you fight? The main bosses, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, has secretly possessed the wizard who now lays claim to his previous title. 
the old overlord tells the current overlord that he, the current overlord, was originally the eighth hero who came to slay him, yet fell from a great height and was left for dead by his companions while they looted the tower. So you, the player, were initially, were actually one of the ma like the heroes previously, like before the events of the game happened. Um, what in the actual so, hell? Let's see. The old overlord put him in the sarcophagus to heal his wounds in order to use him to defeat the other heroes. Um, so part of it Sensible. is... Yeah, so part of it, I guess, is, you know, you're trying to make your cool tower cool again, but also <laughs> you're trying to get revenge on the other heroes for leaving you to die. Basically, um... Oh, it's, so you're not, like, mind-controlled or don't remember who you are or anything. It's unclear. It's part of the... You get told all of this from the point you get to the tower to the point you slay the wizard. Yeah. Um, Which, so it's unclear yeah, because... Yeah, to go and, like... Had to tell you this, though. Yeah, like, you don't know if you're um, mind-controlled or what. Um, it does an interesting thing where it takes all your minions away and you have to go get them again oh that is cool you have to go get them again well no, it's you not like unlock you them, to, in, them. A, in an area in the tower yeah like is it in like the basement where the hives just are yes but there's like open doors yeah to other areas okay cool um but yeah and also like I said, the um, the bosses that you fight, that the uh, seven heroes that killed the last overlord, uh, representative of the seven deadly sins. Just as an aside, which, which you is... wouldn't think, given that they're heroes, they should represent I... like the seven virtues or something. Yeah, I guess they they were. Um... Oh, this is another thing. Um, so the overlord battles the old overlord, during which the old overlord brags of being responsible for their corruption because they are all corrupted when you get to oh, them. Yeah. yeah so. Okay. So Melvin oh, okay. Underbelly, the halfling, is gluttony um, because he is so fat that he's literally a sphere. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> All that. Um, Oberon Greenhaze, the elf, is sloth, sloth? because he's That's asleep good. in a tree forever. Uh, William the Black, who is in um, High Peak, is uh, lust because he's part of this like secret sex society. <laughs> Pardon me. That yeah, you go through yeah, you go through um there yeah. You encounter them. The, secret that... sex society. Yeah. I guess that makes sense why his wife is like a crazy dominatrix lady. Yeah, then. and there's also that's also where you fight two more succubi, succubuses, succubi, succubodes. Um, <laughs> go... <laughs> this <laughs> this one. The um, that you make when you hear that word is so pained. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next boss is um, the dwarf. I feel like this is a little bit of a racist name, but uh, Goldo Golderson, <laughs> whose whose sin is avarice because all he wants is more gold, and he enslaves the elves to I mine. I mean, unless you mean like racist against non-existent dwarves, I'm not sure what you mean it, by racist. It, but it, it just it seems like they were trying to kind of do a Jewish name, but sort of oh. didn't <laughs> do great. Um, I don't. Maybe just that's became dwarvish because it's a dwarf. Yeah. They, at least they didn't go with Goldstein. Then yeah. That would have been. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah. Well. Um, Jewel the I think, Thief. I think. Yeah. Huh? By the way, half of my income in that game came from the area with gold. Yeah, you get a ton of gold there. It's great. <laughs> um, the next one is Jewel the Thief, who represents envy. Um, 
Khan the warrior who represents wrath, and then the previous overlord who is possessing the wizard represents pride. So, I don't know. I feel like it sort of falls apart after after Goldo there, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I mean I, I appreciate them trying to do yeah. something like that. That's that's interesting. I I wouldn't have gotten that from what I what I saw of the game so far. Maybe it's clearer later on, maybe it's really yeah. not. Um Oh speaking speaking of um of uh gender politics, did you did you encounter that cutscene where you see Jewel in the um the Elven Temple? No, I didn't get that far. You so you get to the Elven Temple and Jewel the Thief is there with her ninjas. Um, they're they're like raiding the temple. Are those the people who are in the like burning building where where you first rescue Rose? Uh, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Because I there were some they're weird sort of random a... ninjas in one level that I had no yeah. idea what the hell was up with that. They sort of are the main antagonists. Yeah, of? they're um. Until you get her. Yeah, they're uh, Ruborians. Ruboria is like the country that they live in or whatever. Um, what? But but yeah, so Jewel is in this um this uh elven temple. She used a beholder to like open up a portal there. And you get there and you watch this cutscene where another portal opens and this big man steps out and it's like her husband, boyfriend, whatever, and he's like like, why would you run away from me like that? And they sort of have an altercation and she's basically just like, Ugh fucking whatever i guess i'll go back with you because you found me but she's also sort of like like oh well i guess i need to take care of you like what would you do without me like it's such a it's a weird relationship that they seem to have um so yeah there's a lot of really questionable decisions on that score in this game 2007 was a simpler time i guess (laughs) i guess (laughs) Some of the some of the dialogue uh, snippets that the wenches have too are a little bit weird, especially when you're capturing them. They're kind of, I don't know, uncomfortably rapey, I guess. Yeah. Um, and but then some of them say stuff about like how they really wanted to be really slutty and they couldn't be back home, but now that they're in your tower, it's fine. Um. Well. Okay. <laughs> I guess. I, I mean, maybe that's just the Stockholm Syndrome talking. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. and oh, I'm like, well, you know. well uh, okay, I mean, like, that's, I wanted you here to clean for me, apparently, but whatever. I, yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> Anywho, so. any, anybody else have any, any topics on the game they want to cover? Any thoughts? No. No. That's no. Well, okay then. It was. I'm glad we played it. I know that you felt a little sheepish because it wasn't as fun as you remembered it from the first time. But I thought it was, you know, it had some interesting things that it tried to do. And so, like, I'm happy we took a look at it. Yeah. It, it, it was worth playing, at least. Even though I, even though I again, failed to finish it. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? Life gets yeah. in the way for all of us, really. It happens. Well, thank goodness we found the time to record another podcast, finally. Yep, and uh, hopefully we do not have to take another slightly longer than a month break before the next one, guys. Uh, Fingers crossed. So, speaking of the next one. Yeah, who's gonna... Do you want to talk about what we're doing next? Tell us about it. Is he here? 
<laughs> oh no, now we got a vamp. Crap. Um, well, we can talk about it without him. I, I don't, mean, I don't know anything about it. Neither but... do I. Well. Well, it's one of Thanarod's favorite games. Um. We're playing it because that was it was one of his suggestions that uh, he really wanted. Um, we were we were suggesting a group of four to see if Bill wanted to play a game with us, and this one was uh, Thanos' pick. Yep. Um, oh boy. Oh boy. So um, so did anyone do anything cool while we were? Uh... Sorry. Oh, <laughs> there he I is. never mind. <laughs> How are you all doing? We Kelsa were... was just about to start vamping. Yeah, we were oh. uh, gonna introduce the next game, buddy. Oh, okay. Is, by, is that uh, by is which that we mean? You were gonna introduce the new game. Yeah, sorry, I had to, you know, relieve some bodily functions, oh. so I quietly stepped away, oh dear. Uh, rather than announcing it. But then you needed me, so I felt like I had to justify my absence. Yeah. Um. So. We, we thought your computer died again. <laughs> no, thankfully. Uh, although Skype did crash earlier, it was just just Skype. Um. So I, I guess I'm uh, I'm introducing Nuclear Throne. Is that it? Did we name the yep. the next game? You just did. Oh, okay. Well, so next game is <laughs> the next game is nuclear. <laughs> Jesus, that clapping though. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh dearie me. Okay, so Nuclear Throne is a top-down uh, people call it a twin-stick shooter. It's kind of uh, the way I would describe it is if you put the Binding of Isaac and Hotline Miami into a blender with some delicious ice cream. <laughs> Uh, you would get Nuclear Throne. Hmm. So it's uh, like it's it's sort of roguelike in that it's all procedurally generated. You die and that's it. You start over completely. Um, and it's kind of you know you get as far as you can. You try to build up a big score. You have a daily challenge that everybody you know participates mm -hmm. in the same seed, I guess you would say, and see how far you get. And there's a ranker. Um, but, you know, it controls and plays a lot like Hotline Miami, where you're top-down, you aim with the mouse, you have guns or melee weapons, you run around and you kill stuff. Um, obviously, you don't die in one hit, primarily. Um, That's good. But, yeah, right. Um, but it's, it's kind of a, a merge of the two things, where you have different kinds of weapons and equipment and items that you can collect... Um, but the flip side of that is it is top-down, twin-stick shooter kind of play style. There are some number of characters, and they all have their own special ability. So it's a pretty fun game that I have spent, I don't know, like 85 hours playing. Uh, so I've done a lot of it. But I'm probably... like In terms of daily challenges, I think my best was like top 6%. But normally I'm not that high, Ooh. like around top 25% or so. Ooh. So I'm not that great, but I'm okay. Still. I think and this will be better than all of us, probably. Yeah. Well, possibly. Um, but there was the, the challenge that we set out. So there are every few floors, there's a boss. And so the challenge that we set out was that everybody has to play at least to the level that they can beat um, a boss called Little Bandit which is like uh, floor 5-3, which would be like 15 floors in, basically. So you have to clear 15 floors. If you can make it past Little Bandit, uh, that's, the, that's the challenge. And that's okay. sort of where 
Like, if you get to that point, you sort of have a handle on the game, basically. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the the boss that even people who are experienced with the game will still die to sometimes just because it gets a little bit ridiculous. But if you can get that far and you get past him and you complete that floor, that's like you had an above average run, basically. You may not be above average yet. Maybe that was a spectacular run for you, but you had an above average run. <laughs> okay. So is there, like, you mentioned Binding of Isaac. Is there a lot of, like, RNG-type stuff that will affect your run? Because I, I, I know that uh, so... RNG is not kind to me, which is <laughs> part of why I have never been super great at Isaac, because I just... So yes and no. Um, there are There are two kinds of, like, modifiers, I guess you would say, that are controlled by RNG. One is the type of weapons that you find... Uh, so you will, you know, the weapons appear randomly. And the other is the mutations that you get. So instead of, like, items or armor or whatever, you get a mutation every time you level up. Um, so there's an experience system and so on and so forth. So without, you know, going too much into detail there, you get, every time you level up, you get a random choice of mutation. So you get, like, three or four choices, and you pick between them. And every floor has a weapons chest that will have a uh, random weapon in it. There are some intricacies beyond that, but those are the two main things. Okay. Cool. Now, fun fun fact about uh, the one of the creators of this game, Rami Ishmael. Um, when you when you first become an indie game designer, uh, and you get your you know official indie game designer club card, uh, <laughs> Rami Ishmael comes and sleeps on your couch. Uh, because he's he's Isn't no. That what I, happened to you? Did he come and sleep on your couch? Pardon me. He, he did. Okay. Um, he's. I don't know if you guys know this about him, but he's basically nomadic. Like he's always traveling. I have heard that. Yeah. And he like knows everybody in the indie game scene, so he's like just always sleeping on somebody's couch. Cool. Huh. Um, oh, and, and having having lived in a house with multiple game designers, we did have Rami sleep on our couch at one point. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, fair enough. But anyway, I find it to be a really fun game that it's easy to, to get hooked because you always want to do a little bit better than you did last time. And that's really... Like, it's it doesn't have some sort of overarching system of progress that you make, but you just always want to beat yourself. And that's the enjoyment that I get out of it. So is... Is that the win state then? Like, does Rami come sleep on your couch if you win? <laughs> yes. If you beat Blombier, you become an official. If you beat if you beat Nuclear Throne, you become an official game designer. You just, you just and... beat Blombier. That's that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and members of Blombier come and, and sleep on your couch. So there's there is no actual win state. Like you, there's a loop state okay. where like you defeat the Nuclear Throne, which is technically the last boss. And then you start over okay. with way more enemies and every single kind of enemy in the game is unlocked. So in a normal, in, in your first loop, the enemies progress in a leveled way. So like each floor has slightly more and slightly different or more powerful enemies than you fought previously, kind of because you're leveling up with the game. Mm -hmm. um, once you hit a loop, then all the enemies you've unlocked, so to speak, are fair game. So every floor will just have some random smattering of a very large number of enemies and that then you deal I'm, with. I'm guessing each loop gets progressively more difficult, sort of like, yeah. like I don't know, Ikaruga, I guess, does yep. that? Cool. Basically, yeah. So the idea is that it is, it, it never actually ends. You can keep going and going and going. 
Um, the idea is just to beat yourself or beat everybody else on the scoreboard for the daily challenge or what have you. Okay. It's a it's a scored system rather than something that has a, right. an end, like yeah. Isaac. Cool. Although I guess with Ikaruga, it if you loop it enough times, it eventually gets to a point where it is literally impossible to beat because there are no spaces on the screen that are not covered with bullets. Uh... <laughs> yeah, the nuclear throne doesn't... I mean, I don't know, maybe it does become that, but um, there are, you get max level with your character at 10, so there's a limited number of mutations that you can get, and obviously a limited arsenal in the game, and you can only have two weapons to your name or to your character at a time. So there's a, there is a point at which you stop growing in power, and the levels just continue getting harder and harder. So you mm, will okay. inevitably lose. Um, and oh. that... You stop growing in power typically after the first loop or shortly after. Okay. Um, when you make a new character, does it loop? Does it start the loops over? Or does it just pick up where wherever your last you, loop you was? You start at level one every time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's roguelike in that sense, isn't okay. it? Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Well, all right. Looking forward to it. Neat. Hopefully, we'll be able to record sooner next time. By which I mean, like, not several months from now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like a month. It was like three weeks, okay, guys? Gosh. It, um, the last, the last... Well, to be fair, like, the last one we actually recorded... Oh, yeah, that's record, true. So, for, that's for true. people listening, it's been longer. That is I true. I guess that's valid. Yeah, so, like, a month and a half, oh, basically. Yeah. All right. Whoops. Whoopsie doodles, y'all. Whoopsie freaking doodles. Yep. So, uh, yeah, anyone, uh... You wanna, you wanna you wanna do some plugs? Anybody gotta gotta plug some stuff? I mean, I guess I stream every Sunday morning. You do. Yes, that's true. I guess I think, that's something that I do. I think finished. your your time change is like happened between when we last recorded and now. Oh, maybe it did. So that's every uh, Sunday at 10 a.m. Hopefully, um, it may end up becoming 11 a.m. if I'm just always needing to sleep in. But uh, I'm sticking with 10 a.m. for now. Every Sunday at 10 a.m. I'll stream the Sunday Game Club. We're uh, gonna be playing Dark Cloud next. Yep, because we just finished Shadow of the Colossus today. I know nothing about that game, so I'm excited to see it. Right, that's, it that's seems like most people have no idea about it, yeah, so there's that. That's one that I've never played, but I've seen it, like, everywhere, I feel like. Huh. Every time I, every time I like, went into the GameStop to look for uh, mm, PS2 I games, mean, yeah. I always, always saw it. And I was like, man, that game. Huh. <laughs> I <laughs> see that like again. Five yeah. minutes of it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I, so I, Skug, I, you are a resident expert then. Yep, yeah. you got yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I am get excited the back to seat. get into that. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, you know, I might start streaming intermittently on Wednesdays. I really haven't decided what I'm doing with that, but it might just be a thing that I do occasionally for fun or whatever. Yeah, we should plug um, Sean Bouchard's stream has moved uh, yes. for now to, uh, to Thursday nights. Yes. So he's going to be doing Thursdays at 9. Yeah, which is unfortunate because as of, like, not... Next mm -hmm. week, but the week after that, I will not be able to watch on Thursday nights. Oh. oh. Well, my class will get out at like ten ish, so I'll be able to catch like later bits of it, which is not that bad. Oh well. Oh. Such is life. It is. But you'll be learning good and important things. Uh, uh. yeah, that's my that's my. <laughs> I was trying. I was just trying to think of what class I have. That's my uh, materials and lighting class. So that should be actually a good one. All right. Um, yes, and I also stream on usually Saturday nights at 7. Um, I've moved earlier just because I, I haven't been able to stay up late 
lately, so I get too tired <laughs> if I start streaming at, at 8. Um, but, yeah, so it, it's normally uh, Saturdays at 7, but it fluctuates a lot based on, like, if I have other stuff scheduled for Saturdays. So um, the best way to figure out when we're actually going is uh, on my Twitter, which is at Kyla underscore go. Excellent. Um, and Chris's Twitter is at Thanarod. Yeah. You probably already know that. I don't know if you said that or not, but I feel like... I didn't say it, but that's a good call. Okay. I should say it, just in case we attract uh, complete strangers yeah. to listen to this podcast. And if you are a complete stranger, we like you. Yeah. Just stick around. Welcome. In a non- Thanarod doesn't like anybody who's our act- active listeners, but he <laughs> yeah. likes no. complete strangers. Yes, exactly. The rest of you uh, can fuck off. But no such thing as if you're new. <laughs> if you're new, we like you, or at least Chris likes you, until yes. you say, hey, I like this, I'm going to keep listening to it. And yeah, at that exactly. point, you become an established listener, and you are no longer relevant. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, no. I'm that's just looking how, for that's new how users his, here. That's how only new users. Rod is. He's only, <laughs> he likes people before they think we're cool. <laughs> before they think we're cool. Yep. yep. <laughs> Wow. That's amazing. Um, well, my Twitter is at uh, Kelso Time Bomb. I keep saying I'm going to stream, and then that doesn't happen. Like, I was going to stream today, and we recorded instead. <laughs> um, but sometime in the not-too-distant future, I'm going to stream Dropsy, because it's, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful little game that I enjoy playing a lot. Um, and I, I keep thinking I would like to stream just, like, weird, weird, dumb games like Mr. Mosquito... Or or dropsy. Or dropsy's not dumb. <laughs> it's, it's whimsical and it made me feel feels a little bit, only a little bit, but a little bit definitely. Um, well, and it's just real pretty. Get you know, play. to be fair, to be fair, uh, in the in the right light, even Hotful Boyfriend isn't dumb. It's so. true. Actually, man, Hotful Boyfriend is. Dumb. Is that true? Like, no, that it, is it, it is. It is super true. It's it's really really true. Like once you, <laughs> I'm crazy to say, but I've one hundred percented Hotful Boyfriend. There's like a secret path that is. There's all sorts of crazy shit going on there that they yeah, just this... that nobody gets to see because they all write it off as like I'm yeah. fucking birds. Yeah. Like I'm not every other visual novel. It's like fucking sucks. Like I'm just gonna say that. Ah. Uh... Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it has more choices than a lot of the visual novels that I've that I've played. I mean, um, and it's also intended to be a parody, like you know. Yeah, but that's, it doesn't that's take itself super seriously. That's, and that's what I think is interesting: is that it doesn't take itself super seriously, but on the other hand, it kind of does eventually. Yeah, because because that like alternate path is real, real like lots and lots of dark shit happens in that. Isn't like there's stuff about like the extinction of the human race. Yeah, uh, like. Post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, and... yeah. Like it's, it's a real story eventually. Yeah, <laughs> um, and like all of the questions that you sort of amass playing through the initial paths to romance those bird boys, um, all of the questions that it's bird boy, <laughs> you know, all of the questions that come up that you feel like you're never gonna get a satisfactory answer to, they all get answered. Like, and why sometimes, am I, birds? I, I mean, I don't know if you actually bang any of them. Oh, no. Because you are a human, and they are birds, and you I don't... You just romance them. Yeah, you just... Ro- <laughs> it's, yeah. It's called it's called Heartful Boyfriend, slash... It, it's a play on words. I yeah, don't remember exactly how it works. <laughs> yeah. 
In any case, our, uh, this is the this has been the Feedback Force podcast, and we're playing Nuclear Throne next, not Hot Off a Boyfriend. Yeah. So we should probably... It's, isn't there one this. path also where the bird doctor kills you and throws you in a bush? Uh, probably. He, he kills you. I don't remember where he throws you, but he kills you. Yeah. <laughs> and, he and, throws you somewhere, though. And there's a path where um, one bird becomes a god. <laughs> a god of um a god of pudding. Uh, okay. hmm. uh <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey anyway. Scug, what's your Twitter? I mean Carl. I mean Scug Carl Scuggles. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 My Twitter is at Scug3. Yep. Two Ds, right? He he triumphantly switched from Scug four. <laughs> to match his Twitter. And now handle. it matches. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All, All right. right. Yeah. So we'll see you guys uh, two weeks, I'm guessing. Yep, two weeks. That's the plan. <laughs> that's, that's our plan, and we're going to stick to it yeah. if we can. <laughs> I'm going to gonna try my... I mean, I don't think I have anything happening in two weeks that will preclude me from podcasting, so... Agree. We're back in the saddle, friendos. <laughs> All right. Bye, yep. everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, bye.